when we think of God's creation, sometimes we only think of material creation, things that we can see, things that we can sense with our eyes, with our ears, with our five senses. And that's one part of God's creation, is the visible creation that we can see, which is, which is beautiful. You know, I was watching a show on Joshua National Tree Park or something like that, and I haven't been there, but it's absolutely beautiful. Just absolutely wonderful. You think of some of the national parks in the United States, or you think of some of the wonders around the world, and so there's a beauty. There's a, but there's another creation, and that's God's invisible creation. Things that we can't see with our senses, things that we can't sense with our five senses, but they're there. So what is God's invisible creation? So we have God's visible creation, which is material things and even human beings, the height of God's and the animals. But then we have God's invisible creation, the creation of the angels, the creation of these angelic spiritual beings that we can't sense with our five senses, unless, of course, if you're a mystic. If you're a mystic, then sometimes the the veil is is removed and you can see. But most of us cannot see this invisible creation, and yet it's there. This invisible creation is there with the angels. I know the gospel speaks about Jesus exercising a demon and we always focus on, sometimes we focus too much on evil. I like to focus on the good today. I like to focus on the good angels and not so much demonic. If you think about, if you read the Bible and in the Old Testament, you see angels all in the Old Testament helping out different prophets or patriarchs, helping out the Israelites. You find the angels are always assisting And then when you come to the New Testament, you find when Jesus' birth, there's a whole bunch of angels that are there. Even on our Christmas crashes, you have to have an angel at the top with the star. What's a Christmas crash without an angel? You have to have the angel that's there. And if you don't have an angel, then a little child's going to say, where is the angel? Where is the angel? Because as we read angels were singing glory to God in the highest. Much as we, when we sing glory to God in the highest, that we're, we're kind of reenacting the Christmas mystery at Mass. That's a whole nother homily there. I won't, I won't get into that, the different parts of the Mass and how we reenact the mysteries of Christ in the Mass. That's a whole different homily or talk. But the angels were there at the birth of Jesus. And then you find during the life of Jesus, it's like the angels disappear. You don't, you hardly find one account of an angel appearing while Jesus is doing his ministry. What you have is the opposite, actually. You have demons that are appearing through human beings that are, that are possessed and Jesus using his power and his authority to overcome these demons, to cast them out of human beings. But look at all the scripture. You rarely find 
an angel appearing. And then the only time in the Gospels with the life of Jesus you find an angel appearing is at the agony in the garden. You find an angel comforts and strengthens Jesus. And we don't know which angel this was. There's speculation it was St. Michael. Other speculation was St. Gabriel, whose name means strength. We don't know exactly. And then during the Passion, the angels disappear again. You don't find any angels in the Passion. But then in the resurrection, it's all filled with angels. And the angels are appearing to the women, and the, the, the angels are there along the, the way and are accompanying Jesus. And then you find the angels in the ascension. And then the Acts of the Apostles, it's like the angels come back. You find in the Acts of the Apostles, the angels are helping the, the apostles and the early Christians with their lives. And then in Scripture, the angels, it's like the angels appear again of the very last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, in which there's more references to angels than any other book in the entire Bible. It's, it's the book of Revelation. It's just filled with angels, multitudes and multitudes of angels. And so these are God's, you know, God's creation of invisible spiritual beings, and they're with us all the time. The angels are with us. So can you say, well, is my angel right here? Is he right here on my shoulder? Is he right here on this shoulder? You know, is he, where are they? Where are they? And if, if you know, God gave me, a, you know, a gift to just kind of go like this and unveil the spiritual world right now. If I were to have a veil now, if I were to unveil, you would see multitudes and multitudes of angels in this church right now at Mass. You would see multitudes of angels filling this church right now. And this is only one church, and this is a small church. If you've ever been here, a lot of people say, boy, your church is really small. It looks bigger on camera, but it's a very small church. But angels are not confined to material things. And so we, we have angels here at the Mass. They're helping us. Each person in the world has a guardian angel. That you have your guardian angel. Your guardian angel knows everything about you. Knows all your strengths, knows all your weaknesses, knows your personality. The amazing thing is that I, I think when the angels speak to us, they speak our language. And I always wonder that. How do the angels know all these different languages? So, like, if you speak Spanish, your angel speaks Spanish. If you speak French, your angel speaks French. If you speak English, your angel speaks English. And so your guardian angel is with you all the time. And that's why we should pray to our guardian angels. At least pray the prayer, angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day be at my side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. So you have a guardian angel with you all the time. Don't let your angel take a nap. Your angel doesn't want to take a siesta. Your angel wants to work for you. Your angel's purpose and mission 
is to help you get to heaven. And if you get to heaven, you will be with your angel and your angel will be with you for all eternity. You get to see your angel, then the veil will be lifted. And so those are just, now think of this, because this is going to boggle your mind of how good God is for us. That every single person that ever lived on the face of the earth, from Adam and Eve, all the way up until the last person that's going to be on earth, last person in the world, that God has assigned one guardian angel to each and every single person. Doesn't matter what religion they are, doesn't matter their faith, doesn't matter even if they're an atheist, they still have a guardian angel. Doesn't matter even if they're a bad person, they still have a guardian angel. And so you think of how many people have lived on the face of the earth, from Adam and Eve, and even people that have not been conceived or born yet, all the way up until the end of time. And you think that one guardian angel is assigned to each and every single person. So it's probably trillions of angels, trillions of angels. Now, this is what's going to bother your mind, that when we say angels, that is only one choir out of the nine choirs of angels. So when we say that there's a trillion angels, or trillions, whatever it may be. I don't know the exact quantifiable number of how many people have ever lived on the face of the earth or will live on the face of the earth. But an angel is assigned to each one of them, and that's just one out of the nine choirs of angels. And it's the lower hierarchy of angels, so there's a hierarchy of the choir of angels. The angels are the lowest or the closest to us. And you think that there's trillions of angels, and yet that's only one out of the nine choirs. There's more angels. Isn't that mind-boggling? So then, what about, I'll give you a little teaching today, since it's, you know, like first day of school today. This is called angelology. There's a fancy name for the homily on angels, basically. So you have one choir, the angels. Then you have a higher choir and the angels who are called the archangels. Archangel, like we could say Gabriel. Gabriel the archangel appearing to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Raphael, Saint Raphael the archangel appearing to uh, Tobiah and helping Tobiah out on his travels. Or Saint Michael the archangel who's the leader of all the angels where we pray the Saint Michael prayer. Now the archangels, their mission is to help us with our mission in life, whatever that may be, our vocation in life. So the archangels are specifically there to help us with our mission in life. I remember a, a lot of mystics where they say that every priest, when a priest is ordained to the priesthood, a priest receives another guardian angel, but, but it's an archangel. So a priest receives a guardian archangel to help him in his priesthood. So one thing you could do 
is you can invoke the archangel of a priest to help him. Say if the priest is struggling or whatever, going through, you know, stress or tough times, invoke his guardian archangel to help him, to revive his priesthood. Other people might receive archangels if they have special missions on earth or special tasks to do on earth. And how many archangels are there? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been up to heaven and I've been able to count them. I don't know. Probably trillions. Who knows? Then you have a higher hierarchy of angels called the principalities. Now, the principalities are the ones who, who guard specific things, say, in the church. So a principality, they will, every church has an angel guarding it from the principalities. So every single church that you enter, wherever you're listening to from around the world, you can greet the angel of that church. And you could ask that angel to pray for you and to help you. See, to help you not be distracted at the Mass. So every church has an angel, probably from principalities. Every diocese has one. Bishops, especially, will have an angel, extra angels. The Pope, of course, has cardinals do, archbishops do. Then you, you have an angel for the diocese. You would have an angel for a religious community. So like the missionaries of charity would have their own angel. You would have an angel for a religious house. Then you have angels for different villages towns. You have an angel guarding a city. You also have angels guarding whole countries itself. You have angels guarding specific buildings in the country. So like for the United States, the White House or the Congressional Building or, you know, specific uh, buildings that are, are valuable to the country. So how many of these principalities are there? There's hundred millions, millions of principalities guarding all different areas. Even families will have a special angel for them, probably from principalities. Marriages have a special angel for them beside your, your guardian angel to help you. That's why you can invoke these angels to help you in your family, in your marriage. These angels are powerful. So then, what are the other choirs of angels? As I said, there's nine of them. I only give you three. Angels, archangels, and principalities. Then you have the virtues. So what do the angelic virtues do? They help you practice virtue. So if you're having a problem with a certain vice in your life, you can't overcome you can pray to the angelic virtues for a specific virtue that you need. Then you have a higher choir is the choir powers. And the, the, the powers they say usually handle the elements of the earth, of the universe. The, these could be the angels that bring storms to us. 
and they handle the, the elements. It's rare that the angelic powers come down to earth. So the higher the choir, the more close it is to God, the further away it is from us. But they can still interact with us. I read a mystic one time where she said, confessors, the priests who hear confessions a lot will receive a special angel from the choir of powers to help them in the confessional. And so you could pray to these angelic powers to, to help you when you go to confession to, to help the priest to guide you. And then you have a higher choir called the dominions or the dominations. And the dominations are specifically to one to help us dominate our senses. That way we don't live by the senses, but to live by the spirit. They also help with evangelization. So you can call on these angels to help you with evangelization. So if you're in evangelization work, if, if you're spreading the gospel, if you're a catechist, if you're someone that's where you can call on the angelic dominions to help you. And then you have the next three choirs which are closer to heaven. You have the angelic thrones who, who are like kings. And the angelic thrones especially help judges here on earth, help them to judge or help kings or those in power. These angels are known for their humility. They're probably the ones who, who cast down their crowns to worship the infant Jesus. So if you're having struggle with pride and humility, you could call on the angelic thrones to help you. And then the higher choir is the cherubim. And as you know, the cherubim are around the Ark of the Covenant. They, they guard the tabernacles on the earth. And you can ask the cherubim to help you, to help you to have courage, to help you have to fortitude and truth for the gospel. And then finally, the, the last choir, which are the choir that's closest to God, I, always, I call them the contemplatives. They're the seraphim. And the seraphim have six wings. Because they're so humble, they cover their faces they cover their bodies, and they bow down and worship the Lord night and day, singing, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord, God of power and might. Night and day, the cherubim and seraphim sing that same hymn. I always wondered, do they get bored of that hymn? And they never get bored. And the seraphim are on fire. What's the fire? The fire is the love of God. So if you want acquired to help you to be in love with God, to set your heart on fire with love of God and love of neighbor. This is the choir to pray to to help you, the seraphim. The seraphim will set you on fire with love for God. It's very rare that a seraphic angel will come down to the earth to help someone. St. Faustina had a seraphic angel helping her during her life because she, she mentions it in her diary, the seraphic angel actually gave her Holy Communion for 13 days, and she wasn't able to receive Holy Communion. I'm sure some of you out there that are listening through live stream could say, well, could the Lord send me a seraphic angel so that I could receive Holy Communion? 
They might. Nothing's impossible with God. But the seraphim are there teach us the most essential truths of the church to set our hearts on fire with love. It's all about love is, is what they're about. And so these nine choirs of angels can help us during our lifetime. We can invoke them. We can pray to them to help us. And they're there to help us. They're there to intercede for us. So as much as we have angelic beings, there are also demonic beings. There are fallen angelic beings who try to do the opposite. So as the angels try to help us to go to heaven, the demonic beings are always trying to to put us down. One thing that you have to be very cautious of, be very cautious of the occult, be very cautious of sorcery, witchcraft, any invoking of spells, because it's, it's awed by demonic beings. Even if it appears good, remember, demonic beings are deceptive. They'll deceive us into thinking, yeah, this is good, I feel good. Don't go by your feelings. It can be very deceiving. What may seem to feel good in the beginning, and it may be for a year or two, they'll give you all kinds of lollipops, and then they'll begin to take over your life. And they'll wreak havoc and destruction in your life and in your relationships. So I don't dabble into that. Don't seek control over your life or control over other people or control over the future, because that's what the call is all about. It's all about control. Give God the control. God knows what he's doing. Even if you're suffering, give God the control. God is angelic beings to help you. But don't try to turn to witchcraft, sorcery. It's very dangerous. That's how you can become possessed. If you start fooling around with that, ask any exorcist and they'll they'll tell you. It's very, very dangerous to do that. You may not become possessed, but you may have oppression or obsession. So stay away from all that. The demons are there. They are around us, and they are tempting us constantly. And they are trying to deceive us. So we need to be aware of that. Not to be scared, but to be aware of that. But the truth of this gospel that we read today is that the angels and the demons, they're created beings. But God is still greater than them. That's why when Jesus comes, he's God. He has power over these spiritual beings. He can cast them out. So our God is much more powerful than these invisible beings. And that's why when we receive the Eucharist, we have the power of God within us. We have the power of divinity within us. That's why it's always good after you receive Holy Communion, always pray for at least five minutes. 
Don't just receive Holy Communion, even if you receive it spiritually. And then just walk out and be like, oh, okay, where are we going to have for breakfast? You just received divinity. Don't even, don't even think about breakfast. Worship the Lord who's within you. Tell him your needs. Ask him to heal you. Ask him to come into your life at that moment to, to, to really you know, give you peace and give him your problems and your issues in life. Spend that time. Don't waste it. It's the greatest time on earth. So be reassured that God is, has our good and that God sends us these angelic beings to help us, to intercede for us, and to lead us to heaven. And so ask the angels to help you Remember that the angels can only do the will of God. So if you say, angels, bring me one million dollars, they may say, no, that's not the will of God. But I can bring you something better than a million dollars. So remember, when you ask, you're always asking to do the will of God. And the angels will only do the will of God for you. So it's better to ask angels, help me to do the will of God. Whatever that may be today in my life, help me to fulfill the will of God and help me in my lifetime every step of the way to get me to heaven where I will worship the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength for all eternity. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.